Well, good morning. Doesn't it feel good to just worship the Lord? I mean, there's so many things that want our worship today. Would we get to worship the Lord? It just felt good to do that. Every day it feels good to worship the Lord. And if you don't, I encourage you to just make an auditorium in your house somewhere and just worship Him, whether it's your car or whatever, because He is worthy. Amen. He's worthy. It is, it's, uh, it's a good fall day in Minnesota. Are you excited about today? Yeah. Well, we're going to, uh, they had mentioned Kairos, and if you're familiar, because they mentioned Kairos, uh, in Apple Valley, at our Apple Valley campus on Wednesday nights, we're doing Kairos, and, uh, and if you've not been through it, I encourage you to go through it. It is a really a life-changing uh, study that we take everyone through. It's about 15 weeks. I know that seems like a long time, but if you've gone through it, you know what I'm talking about. The group grows. It doesn't get less. It gets actually larger because people start telling all their friends, uh, and they come, and they're like, it's just, it's just connects all the dots uh, that you may have in faith, and so I want to encourage you to come be a part of it. Today, we're going to start a new series. Did you enjoy uh, Dr. Tokumbali last week. It was, was that great? Last week in the second and third, well, in the second, uh, Pastor Sheldon had to preach the message from memory in the dark. Uh, we lost power here at Richfield, and uh, so he had to preach in the dark that message. And then in the third service, Pastor uh, Barnabas Tokumbali, uh, who's head over all of Africa for the Assemblies of God, had to preach outside. We, they had set it all up outside, and so we had an outside service last week. Perfect weather, right? Maybe a little warm, but we'll take that in Minnesota in October. Um, but today we're going to start uh, a series, and I think you probably could guess why, Haunted, um, we're coming up on a holiday that um, really a lot of holidays, holy days, that's what a holiday is, a holy a day set apart, um, it was turned in, it really has been turned into a lot of things, and if you look back at it, there's roots there, uh, back to the uh, Catholic Church and a Catholic day. Um, but rather than to get into all of that, we wanted to uh, talk, and, and for the next weeks, I, tomorrow I leave for Israel with a group of 26 of us from Bethel's Rock. We're going to be in Israel for 10 days, and um, my wife and I, and, um, and, and, we're, and we're not going to be here next week. So the next two weeks, you're going to hear uh, some great preaching from our campus pastor on, the, on this series of called Haunted. And how many know there are a lot of things that haunt us, well, right, in life? And there is a haunting that goes on. And, and I want to talk about this a little bit because uh, Halloween is the second most expensive or most money spent on holiday only to Christmas. In our, in our country. In fact, you pretty much don't need to know, see a calendar or the weather. You just watch television. You know Halloween must be getting close because you start, all of the movies start coming out that really are designed to try to create fear in people. And it's intoxicating for people, that emotion of fear. They love haunted houses. Um, my wife and family drugged me up to Duluth yesterday, and I mean drugged me up to Duluth. How many, I don't like going anywhere where it's colder where, that, where I'm at, <laughs> right? I, if I want to go somewhere, it's got to be warmer. And they, they drug me, and we come up 
we came up into Duluth, and they got a haunted ship. I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's, they make all kinds of money off of this idea of haunting, you know, and wanting to bring in some f- sort of fear. Some people are haunted by their doubts, haunted by what could happen. You're haunted by past mistakes. You're ha- haunted by past relationships. You're haunted. And, and when you hear the word haunted, you look, you look at this more than a movie. It's more than a holiday. It's been your life. Because you're haunted by so many things in your life. And, and, and this all revolves around fear. Ghosts and goblins, witches and wizards, demons and the paranormal. And we, there are so many movies out there on, and TV shows, Scream, Ghost Hunters, Halloween, Friday the 13th. You know, paranormal activity. It's all around us. And it's all really to promote this idea of fear. And how many know what the Bible says about fear? Fear is the opposite of love. Now, I'm not suggesting that if you ever have fear, you're, you're, you're being demonic. Uh, it is a human, a human, natural human emotion that you feel. But there is an enemy to you that wants you to live with a spirit of fear. And the Bible's very clear. You're going to see a lot of scriptures. In fact, my daughter was doing the slides that you see, and she's like, there are a lot of slides, Dad. You could tone it down. Um, but I needed to give you scriptures, and so I'm going to give you a lot of, as I do every week, I'm going to let the Bible speak for a lot of this. Um, and, and there's some points in this message um, even after writing it, I just felt like I, just this constant uh, attack, uh, really, about this message. Because there's some things I'm going to touch on that are going to make you upset with me. Okay, you ready for that? How many know you may disagree with me, and you, it doesn't really matter what you think, and it doesn't even matter what I think. It matters what the Bible thinks. Right? It matters what the Word of God says. That's the truth. But it says, for God has not given us a spirit of what? No. So if something's giving you fear, what's giving it to you? It isn't God. But of power, of love, and of sound mind. The opposite of fear is not faith, it is love. Love casts out all fear. Love casts out all fear. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death... I don't fear evil. I don't fear or evil. Either one, because God is with me. I laugh at haunted houses, right? You, you ever notice this strange? You don't see, like, usually you don't see one person going through a haunted house. Like, you see a group of people all jammed together walking through them. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> right? Nobody, that one person goes through it at, at a time. If it does, that's pretty strange. But we live in two worlds. Do you know that that's true? We live in the natural world, and then there is a supernatural world. In fact, even physics, uh, physics uh, uh, people who study physics, is it physicist? I, I think, okay, then that was right. It just didn't sound right to me. They'll even suggest they believe that, the alt, that there's, another, there's another level, and they don't know what it is, but they, they tend to believe as they get deeper and deeper that there's something overlapping what we're in currently. And they call it this other layer. They're trying to say and that may have something to do with the, where everything began. When I was doing the, the In the Beginning series on creation, it's amazing how these, these people who study it 
basically describe realms they know nothing of. And because they don't understand there's a kingdom of God that has no time that, over, that literally overlays what we're in, right? They had no idea. They're describing it, and they said, well, there can't be a God. What you're describing says there has to be. Like science is proving what was said thousands of years ago, right? In it, And we have a world we do not see, an unknown world, something you cannot see unless you have spiritual eyes to see. That's why Jesus says the kingdom of God is like, he says there's another world, the kingdom of God, there's another world that, that literally is interacting. We're interacting with it and we don't even know it's there. And, and there, there is a whole other reality. We call it the supernatural reality or the kingdom of God in which there exist angels and demons which exists a supernatural battle. And, and you know people, they're fascinated by the supernatural and the superhuman. You, you don't have to go far and you see the Avengers and the DC Comics and Star Wars and Harry Potter. You look at television and you have TV shows like Lucifer, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Grimm and Twilight. Twilight those are all things that deal with this paranormal, this, this thing beyond. In fact, statistically, look at this. And, and there's weird, statistically, there's, this is really strange. Three in four Americans believe in the paranormal. Three and four believe in the paranormal. But look at this pew poll. Uh, 40% of Christians believe in psychics. 29% of Christians believe in reincarnation. How can you be a follower of Christ and believe in reincarnation? 26% of Christians believe in astrology, that the suns and sun, the moon, the stars, the planets, everything in the sky directs our future, that you can see your future and biblically and claim to be followers of Christ. And, and that's where they stand. And 68% of Christians believe Satan exists. Now, one, three in four Americans believe in the paranormal, but only 68% of Christians believe that the devil's a real being. It just, it just demonstrates the lack of understanding when it comes to following Christ. Like, this isn't something that was just conjured up by another form of a Joseph Smith somewhere who has contradictions throughout three books, 168 contradictions, and three books that he wrote within a matter of a few years. There is a thing called the Bible that was written by, by uh, over 60, over thousands of years. and doesn't contradict itself. And if you think it does, you are probably in a university taught by somebody who does have no understanding of the Bible and has never read it through. I just, I just sat with this, I was with this girl, we were talking, she says, oh, you're a pastor, I don't believe. I said, yeah, and I said, well, why? Tell me why, I'm interested in why. And she said, well, I went and took a religious class at Normandale and I started laughing. I said, that's like getting nutritional classes from the manager of McDonald's. It's the reality. They have no understanding. They want you to think they do, but they have no comprehension of what it says. And it's why our world, we're so messed up. Now they got phone apps that are supposed to detect. It's a ghost meter to detect ghosts around you. It's, it's incredible how enthralled people are with the paranormal and Satan and his demons. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says this. It says Satan himself masquerades around as an 
angel of light. The whole attempt is to get people more comfortable with what is dark and demonic so that you're more willing to interact with it and not think it's a big deal. And we play with it like it's crazy. You know, how many have seen haunted houses? I, it, it's serious. Listen, I told you you were probably going to be more mad around me because there's some people in the church. They think Halloween's the best holiday. Uh, not because of they get a day off, because you don't. Because they love to play with fear. Listen to me very closely. Fear, when you allow it in the door, will produce babies. And you'll become a person that is literally overcome by fear as you embrace it. It is a spirit of fear. Are you hearing me this morning? It is a spirit of fear. It is a living thing that is intended to come in your front. And we're opening the front door and say, come on in. When have I ever done that with the devil? Well, if he comes to you with a pitchfork and some horns, you may say, stay out. But he doesn't come in that form. He masquerades as an angel of light, as it's fun, it's not that bad. Don't get all fanatical about it. Don't get legalistic about it. Do you believe in demons? I had a person come to me and say, uh, here at, at, in Richfield, actually it was in South Minneapolis when we first came, we were in the building on 57th and Nicollet, uh, which is where Bethel's Rock, uh, where we came, and, and that's where the original place was. And, and um, somebody came in there, and, and, it, and the walls were thin, so if you were in my office, everybody in the whole church could hear you. It, it was one of those things to me. I was like, really? Like, how long ago? <laughs> and, uh, and this guy comes in, and he goes, do you believe in haunted houses? And I said, well, yeah, to a, yeah, to a, but to a point. It's not like something we're glorifying. He says, well, I do. And he goes, I think I got a demon. And I said, well, why? And he told me a story about how he ended up in this house and, and nobody wanted to work there because there were demons in the house and he's eating lunch and, uh, with his friend and his friend was sitting there and he said, hey, can you give me that paper towel roll? And the guy gave him the paper towel roll and he wiped his face, set it down and the thing fell over and it kind of rolled out on the floor but paid no attention to it and they're talking and they heard something and he turns around and the paper towel roll is just fluttering in the, in the sky, nothing holding it. The thing is is just going back and forth. Well, they got up and left. And he's like, I, ever since then, I have this thing in me where I'm just freaking out. Like, I, I'm afraid of things, and I'm afraid, you know. And I said, well, there's a lot of things going on, but, but you can't allow the enemy in unless you allow the enemy. You got to open the door. The devil cannot enter you unless you open the door to the devil. Now, now listen. When you're a believer, the Spirit of God lives in you. How many know you're the temple of the Holy Ghost? So if the Holy Ghost can come and live in you, the Holy Spirit can love in you, so can an unclean spirit. Don't tell me it's not true. When I've sat in front of a kid, 15-year-old kid, with eyeballs that are completely black, Telling me that he's going to kill my family. 
if I don't leave him alone. And then to watch that black go out like a tear out his eye and his eyeballs come back. Do not tell me demons don't exist. I've seen them. Don't tell me a person cannot be possessed. I've experienced it. But you've been lulled into this post-Christian mentality that that's make-believe in some movie, and the enemy will either get you to believe that it doesn't exist, or if you do, that it's not that big of a deal. So that you ignore what it's trying to do in your life. There is a devil, and there is a hell. And he would love for you to think that's a figment of the Bible's imagination. But it exists. It's a real place. Ephesians 6. I'm going to give you a bunch of verses. Look at this. And it's amazing to me how there are people who will quote all kinds of verses in the Bible and will ignore the Bibles, the, the verses that are very clear that there is another realm interacting with this, a supernatural realm interacting with this realm. Now listen. Listen to this. There were a bunch of angels, billions of angels. We can kind of gather that in the scripture. At the fall of Satan, it says his tail wiped out one-third of the stars. Talking about the angels of God. One-third of them were wiped out. The same ability, power, and authority that the angels of God take, the angels of Satan still possess. What are demons? They're the angels of of Satan, that, that literally marched to his orders. Now listen, two-thirds of them are still, the majority are still fighting on God's behalf. Satan is a defeated foe, right? That's why we don't freak out. This series isn't to get you freaked out. This series will let you understand we're in a real battle against spiritual forces of darkness and there's a whole population of people who are losing because they've invited the enemy to come in and also to make you aware as a believer you have to guard your thoughts and your mind and understand that the world would love for you to think you're radical if you don't accept some of the doors that they want you to open. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in, hev in the heavenly realm, the supernatural realm, that our battles not with what? People! But there is another realm. It goes on in James 2.19. And it says, You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons, what? Even the demons believe that and shudder. They exist. But even the demons are afraid of the God that is your father. Look at what's, look what's next. Matthew 8, 31. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. This, is, this verse is a fascinating verse. Because the place that these demons didn't want to go is where there's a whole other level of demons. You'll see in Genesis chapter 1, I, I can't get into it, but when you begin to see how just messed up the demonic realm is, and yet the demons begged Jesus, if they don't exist, what begged Jesus? What did he cast out? Matthew 10, 8 says, heal those who are ill, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy. What? This is Jesus speaking. Is Jesus a liar? Is Jesus out of his mind? 
then why would he tell you to drive out demons if they don't exist? If they're not real, why would he tell you to drive out demons if you didn't have the power to drive out demons? And why would he tell you to drive out demons if you should be afraid of them? goes on. And, and I'm only giving you a few of the verses. There are so many verses talking about demons and the power we have over them and how we interact with them. It's, it would have taken forever. We had been done at 2 o'clock today. Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. Right? Next verse. And also, some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases, Mary, called mainly from whom seven demons had come out of. Do you know that the Bible says, these signs shall follow those who believe? You know what it says? They shall heal the sick. They should take deadly poison and it won't harm them. They should um, raise the dead. And you know what else it says? If you're a believer, you'll cast out demons. You see, we're always thinking that I'm a believer because I believe God exists. Guess what? So do the demons. That doesn't make you a believer. It doesn't make, well, I believe Jesus died on the cross. Good for you. Good for you. But that doesn't make you a believer. It says these signs follow those who truly believe. And they cast out demons. Why would they cast out demons? Because they have eyes to see. And they can see that there are demonic realm working all around. Now, we don't go around looking for demons behind every tree. But we're not afraid of them. We don't get freaked out by them because we understand who we are. I'm a believer. I have authority over every angel, not just demonic angels, all angels. There was a theologian that wrote this. A lot of what Christians imagine to be true about the unseen world isn't. Angels don't have wings. Cherubim don't count because they're never called angels and are creaturely, right? And while the Bible describes demonic possession in rightfully awful ways, intelligent evil has more sinister things to do than to make sock puppets out of people. Like, we're more worried about the demonic, demon-possessed person making a sock puppet out of someone, when in reality, there's demonic powers that are literally trying to rule over communities. And on top of that, angels and demons are minor players. Ch church never seems to get to the big boys and their agendas, because we're too busy trying to just deal with our own life. That we never go to prayer meetings to deal with the real power source. See, as the church in a community, we have been called to bring heaven to earth and to bring authority over the demonic angels that are trying to rule in this community. But we're more worried about my home and what's going on in my home. We could care less about God's house. Let me tell you something. And I've seen this happen. The people who put God's house first will see God in their house. So, the paranormal fascination, because there's two sides. There's the, there's the side of God, his angels, his people, his plan, his power, and then there's the side of Satan. 
the paranormal, and his, and his demons. As Christians, we have nothing to do with this side, nothing to do with the side of the paranormal. We avoid it at all costs. And I'll give you a scripture after scripture on this. And this is where you're going to start to, the first few you may say, oh yeah, yeah, I'm with it. But there's one in here that might get somebody in this room. Even while I was writing it, I'm like, God, as he's giving it to me, I'm like, God, this is going to be a hornet's nest. How many are ready for that? And you're just like, Pastor, we're okay with that. We ignore you half the time anyway. So we'll just do that for that point. Don't you worry. Here's the first one. Pursuing information via the a paranormal. Pursuing information via the paranormal. That's horoscopes, fortune tellers, Ouija boards, psychics, and tarot cards, to name a few. It's this idea that I want to know the future. I want to know what's going to happen. And so I'm going to go to, and I'm not hearing from God, so I'm going to go get alternative sources. Saul did this. King Saul did this. He, he went to God, but he wasn't hearing from God, so he went to the spiritist, the psychic, to hear from God. When you go to the psychic and take the alternative route, you're dealing with demonic activity. Either you're being conned and scammed, or it's demonic activity, one of the two. Because it's not the dead you're talking to. Can I, can I, there's an important thing you need to understand here. Angels do not know the future. Angels can't, oh, there's only one that knows the future. That's God the Father. Jesus himself said, I don't even know the time he comes, but God the Father knows the time when he's coming. The angels of light and the angels of darkness do not know the future, but they've been around a while. So they're really good at predicting what might happen. So when you deal with a psychic, there is demonic activity. You are literally engaging with demonic activity, and you're opening the door to the devil to say, come on in. I'm going to put my faith in something a demon says, which isn't even certain because it's only a prediction from a demon that may have been around a while. Are you following? Does this make sense? Look at this, Deuteronomy 18. When you enter the land that God your God is giving you, don't take on the abominable ways of life of the nations there. Don't you dare sacrifice your son and daughters in the fire. Don't practice divination, sorcery, fortune-telling, witchery, casting spells, holding seances, or channeling with the dead. Because there is the dead aren't channeling with you, right? And in high school, I had a friend who loved to play on the Ouija board. He played on the Ouija board, and the Ouija board told him, kill your father. He went and got a knife to go and kill his father. He was only stopped by two other people that were around him when he was playing the game. He went in, grabbed the knife, almost killed him, but left a scar on his face. It's a very real thing. You should not have a Ouija board anywhere where you're near your home. Right? But it's a game. It's only a game. It's just a game, right? Come on now. People who do these things are an abomination to God. It's because of just such an abominable practice that God, your God, is driving these nations out before you. The use of these things by a person is an attempt to acquire knowledge other than using God. They want, they want to gain it in their own self, which, by the way, the tree of what? Knowledge of good and evil, where you unplugged from the tree of life, is death to you. 
whenever you go to try to get your own knowledge in your own way, you're plugging into the knowledge of what? Good and the knowledge of evil. You're saying, my knowledge is the thing that sets me free. If you think your knowledge of good and being able to do good and do it yourself, trying harder, you're not a believer in Christ. You're not born again. You're a part of the lie. It's when you realize that knowledge does not redeem me. It's not my Messiah. It's not the answer to my issues. Knowledge isn't the solution. Christ is the solution, and I go to him, and all things work out through him. It's, it's the truth that he's my power source. Deuteronomy 4.19 Deuteronomy 4, says, Carefully guard yourself so that you do not turn corrupt to make it form, carve, carving a figure that looks male or female or looks like a prowling animal or a flying bird or a slithering snake or a fish in the stream. And also carefully guard yourselves. Look what it says. Carefully guard yourselves so that you don't look up into the sky's astrology and see the sun, the moon, the stars, and all the constellations of the sky and be seduced into worshiping and serving them. Nothing wrong with astronomy. It's when astronomy turns into astrology. God set them out for everybody's benefit everywhere. But you, God, took the right out, uh, but God took you right out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt to become the people of his inheritance, that what you are is to this very day. It goes on to Isaiah 47, because you got TV shows like the Long Island Medium. You know, that people watch and they think it's really interesting. All the advice you receive has made you tired. Where are all your astrologers, those stargazers who make predictions each month? Let them stand up and save you from what the future holds. But they are like straw burning in the fire. They cannot save themselves from the flames. You will get no help from them at all. Their hearth is no place to sit for warmth. Zechariah 10.2, in the Good News translation, says people consult idols and fortune tellers, but the answers they get are lies and nonsense. Some interpret dreams but only mislead you. The comfort they give is useless. So the people wander about like lost sheep. They are in trouble because they have no leader. Here's number two, second point. Connecting with powers or energies or forces. These are, these are literally trinkets or symbols where they use them to connect to forces. Some of them and, and only a few of them that I'm going to mention. In fact, I'm only going to mention three. But to give you an example is like a dream catcher. A Native American thing that people will put in their cars really with the attempt to catch all the bad dreams while they sleep and to release all the good dreams while they sleep. Well, you know, when lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my mind to keep. He's the only one. There are people, I had somebody said, you know, Pastor, I have a problem. I get wet dreams all night. I said, you know what? Do you pray and ask God to guard your mind as you sleep? Because God is my catcher of bad dreams. I don't need a, I don't need a trinket. I don't need some idol to do that. I have the King of kings and the Lord of lords that guards over me while I sleep, guards over my mind while I sleep, and I ask him to do that. I said, start praying, Lord, that little childhood prayer. And, and he did, and he said, I don't, ever, I don't have it anymore. And I said, because God, if you ask, you shall receive, right? Have you ever asked the Lord, Lord, will you wake me up in the mornings at this time so that I can pray? I promise you, you will not need an alarm. He will wake you up at that moment in the morning. He does it to me whenever I ask. You just do that. He'll do that for you. Here's another one, Lucky Charms. 
not the box of Lucky Charms. <laughs> People are like, I've been eating Lucky Charms for years. No wonder I got so many problems. No, <laughs> not cereal, but they have Lucky Charms. You know, motorcyclists, of which I am, I love to ride motorcycle. They do the blessing bite, and they want to give you a charm as though that charm is protecting you from that. Uh, there are some that they, they promise to give you wealth, health, energy, karma, faith, good luck, and favor. Ezekiel 13.20 says, Therefore God says, I'm against all the devices and techniques you use to hunt, hunt down souls. I'll rip them out of your hands. I'll free the souls you're trying to catch. I'll rip your magic bracelets and scarves to shreds and deliver my people from your influence so they no longer are, be vic will be victimized by you. That's how you'll come to realize that I am God. And here's the big one. This is the new one that's going on right now, and it's all over the place. It's crystals. And it's in the church. There are Christi Christians saying that you need to get crystals, and they're claiming that the crystals are these things, the, the, the eye of the crystal. There's all kind of terminology that comes. You'll see this harnessing the energy of the sun, the moon and the oceans. Some have precious stones. Connect us to earth as soon as we come into contact with them. It takes a conscious effort to open you and hear your heart and mind to the power of the crystal here. Open your heart and mind to the power of the... Can I tell you something? God does not share his glory and power with anyone. You, he wants you to... Do you really think he wants you to go to a crystal or do you think he wants you to go to him? Why is it we're so... Uh, as people who claim to be Christians are so intent on pursuing other things other than the God. They did that when Moses was on the mountaintop with God. They pursued a golden calf. But once you begin, the journey is studded with beautiful, mysterious, and unique crystals that will rock your world. I'm sure it will. Here's number three. Here's the third one. It's Wicca. Wicca, and this is amazing. I was shocked when I found this. It, is used, it used to be known really as witchcraft and, and connected to Satanism, voodoo, and black magic. Wic Wicca and witchcraft has become so mainstream. And, and, and this is one of the places you're going to get upset with me. Harry Potter is demonic. And I know that's going to mess you up, but you're sitting your kids in front of it. And some think that the that the that the the the, the uh, things that they say the 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 spells that they do. Some will say that they're real spells. They they said, well, no, somebody told me that was proven wrong. It doesn't even matter. It's the idea of what is going on in the movie. This this is one of the most. This is one of the areas where. It is most evident of the post-modern, post-Christian society in which we're living, where literally we're embracing that wizards appear to be safe. Do you know in Africa right now, in Africa, in this moment, that there are wizards that cast spells on people? And that, that, that in Africa, and we have Africans in this room, just wave at me, all those that, you know what I'm talking about. And if you're not in the blood of Jesus covered, you're open. A Kofa, who's in Togo, is telling me, you needed the blood of Jesus over you to protect you from the, the actual spells. It's funny. They, in fact, they have a Valentine special. They have a Valentine special. Here it is. They'll put a hex on your axe. 
It's, it's incredible. Wicca is the fastest growing religion in the United States. Their website is devoted, in the mo- is devoted to Wicca. A website devoted to Wicca are the most visited religious websites on the internet. They claim to be the oldest religion there is, but that's not true. People who have studied it said that it's a, really a mixture of teachings um, between Masonic rituals and the occult. It was created by the English uh, uh, Gerald Gardner, who, an English uh, scientist, uh, Gerald Gardner, who died in 1960. So it's not that old at all, but they want you to think it is. They want you to think that you'll, you'll get power, like we're going to enable you with power. They have priests that are usually put into the priesthood through a, a, a variety of sexual things that they have to go through. And then they get into the priesthood. There's, there's things like low magic. Just so you know that I've actually looked at this, there's low magic, high magic, white, um, white magic, and black magic. And there are witches all around uh, you know, on a Sunday morning in Michigan when I was there, this is now like a number of years ago, I was preaching that, that Sunday morning and the place was full. The sanctuary said about 800 people. And it, so it was a big thing and it was full. And I, and, and I felt something like that when I was preaching. I felt like it was just up against something. So I went down off the stage and I said, right now I'm going to command Satan to leave this place. This is a no Saint Joan. You need to leave right now. And I turned around to go back up the platform. What I didn't realize, three people got up and walked out. After the service, I had no idea, after the service, someone who's in an intercessor in our church was very involved, not, a fly, not one of those, like, just out of nowhere people came up and said, did you notice three people left? I said, I had no idea. There was, it was like 800 people in the room, 700 people in the room. I had no idea. And they said, they're witches. I said, well, how do you know that? And he said, because I've seen them. Now, I'm not going to tell you how she knew it because there are people in this room you would totally discount it because you refuse to believe. If I told you the rest of the story, you would struggle with it. So I don't tell people the story. But she, she is not one of those people that makes it up, and she's not afraid of demons. Right? They, they are in your life currently, and you have no idea who they are. There are people trying to cast spells on your children, even in your schools. I mean, there are people who become believers that were in the occult that have told they were teachers. Heather had a book where a teacher, who said, she said, I would cast spells over kids in the classroom. You have to guard. That's why you need to guard where your kids go and who they're spending time with. What is happening? Because there is a very real demonic force. Now, do I want you to freak out? Do I want you to feel that way? No, I don't want you to be anxious because where, what, is, what is it? That's fear. Fear that I'm going to lose my... That's exactly what the enemy wants to do is get you afraid that that's actually... But you walk, you ask God, God, I plead the blood of Jesus over my children that no evil thing because you know what? The curse of the enemy can't penetrate the blood of Jesus. Can't kill the blood of Jesus. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 says, says this. 
It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time, repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfying wa- satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love and be loved, divided homes, divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits. Boy, that sounds like hell. Look at Revelation 21.8. Be cowards, unbelievers, but cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt murderers, the immortal, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars. Their fate is fiery lake of burning sulfur, and this is the second death. Here's number four, and this is where it starts to get a little messy. Entertainment. Entertainment. Demonic entertainment. Here's the problem. Not all entertainment is bad. And that's exactly what. But how many know in a garden, there are those that produce fruit, and there's those weeds that come to kill fruit. And it's all mixed in. And once you get into it, and you find something you like, because it's enticing, it's hard to shut it off. How many know what I'm talking about? You get into that Netflix series and three and all of a sudden it goes bad and you're like, I, but I'm in it now. And you can't get out of it. You have to make a commitment with your eyes and with your ears that the moment something goes bad, you shut it off because what you're doing is opening the door and saying, you know, my daughter Mackenzie was much of an athlete. She was more than she realized. But when she was playing soccer, she would be put on defense. She was in elementary school, and she was in the center thing, and this is like second grade, and she's sitting here like this, and the girl's coming down with the soccer ball, and she's kicking it down, and she goes, there you go. That, like, she's just, she thought she's being nice. Go ahead, get a goal. You'll be happy, and I'll be happy for you that you got a goal. I'm like, Mackenzie, what are you doing? She's like, but she's so happy, Dad. That's what we do as parents. Oh, oh, devil, there you go. There you go. There are my kids. Pastor, I don't know what happened to my kids. Devil, there you go. There you go. Well, maybe it's the stuff you're letting them watch. No, that's not it. Maybe it is. Maybe, maybe the signs of a believer don't follow me because... I'm eating from the tree of the devil. And I've become fruitless. And I've become dead in my worship of the Lord. And I've become disconnected with the sacrifice Christ gave on the cross. That when we sing a song like we say, I'm disconnected from it. Because I am so connected in to what the enemy is doing. Are you with me this morning? Maybe that lost love I have for Christ is due to what I'm loving on the weekdays. When I want to lay low. You're laying low, all right, too low. Too low. You say, but it's so entertaining. It just fills you up with the demonic, right? Leaves you wanting, dissatisfied, confused, anxious. You know, I had a 15-year-old boy, the one I described with the black in his eyes. His name was John Mashat. We went into his house because parents asked to come into the house. And his, it, was, it was a great example of a time where 
Later, after that demon left him, this dude carried two state, he's five foot nothing, carried two state troopers to the front door and threw them out the front door, busted the front door. Five foot nothing, 15-year-old kid. They left because they were afraid of him. So they call me. And they said, they said, we think he's demon-possessed. Well, I got a lot more spiritual muscle than I do physical muscle, praise the Lord, amen? I took our worship pastor and our intercessor, when we went over there, he could not get off the sofa while we're praying with him. Right? That demon left. We went in his room, you know, he had God smack all over the room. Open door. The devil cannot come in the life of a, you, unless you let him in. Yeah. Cain, 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 be careful. Satan is crouching at your door. Peter, Peter, Peter. Satan is asked to sift you. Guard your heart, Peter. You've been marked by the enemy. Here's the last one. You think, by the way, some of these school shootings and these teenagers, we have completely separated our disconnect from God and our society from the fact that guns aren't killing people. It's kids that are coming up with guns and they're shooting. They're using guns to kill people. The real weapon is the weapon against these kids that are causing them to actually go and do that. But we make no connection to the fact, what is destroying our kids? Open doors entertainment that we glamorize that we give academy awards to that our society says you gotta watch jeffrey dahmer which i haven't seen but have been told that it is horrifically bad and i'm living in a society where people in the church are posting about what they liked about it open door here's number fifth the fifth one, and I can't even spend a lot of time on it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Here it is. Amen. Yoga. Amen. Yoga is literally, it's, it's one of those things where it is Hindu worship. It's Hindu worship. I can't even get into it, but I'm going to show you a few of these slides. Look at, look at this. And this is one I know people are like, well, I do yoga. It's not bad. I don't actually, I do yoga, but I don't actually worship the Hindu gods. Then why do you call it yoga? Do you know yoga in the Sanskrit language from where it came from means yoke? And they'll even tell you in yoga, it is yoking with the divine power. What divine power are they talking about? Within you. That there is a divine power. And there's this sense of uh, the sun salutate. There's the pranayama, which is breath. Go back to that. Uh, yeah, I wanted that. But this asana, which is body positions. These are the, fat, the realities of yoga with a body position. And here's the sun salutation. All of these poses, which literally for most Christians th that go to yoga, they think nothing of it. But the priest of Hindu Hinduism, which we think is a pacifist, Religion. Go to India. It isn't. They are killing Christians because they're Christian. And literally, I, I, there's so much information I have on this. There is a, there's a, um, the guy who does, like there's mantras, which means the thing you say, and one of the things you say is, um, 
That's what they do to worship the Lord. Like you say hallelujah to the Lord, they, that's their hallelujah. It's like, mm, it's supposed to connect you to the God of the Son. These motions, all of these, how, when you worship God and you raise your hand, you say, I'm going to worship God with my hands, right? These are that in Hinduism, to worship the sun god. Go to the next slide, which is the lotus position. This is the position of sexual, sexuality. It's a very common position that most people don't even think of. It, it was the thing of saying, God, let the diamond enter me. There, that literally you're asking, you say, well, that's not what I'm doing. I'm doing holy yoga. Why don't you find a different thing that worships God and not yoga? But we think nothing of it because we're in a post-Christian society. And no one's preached against it because why? Because if we do, people will just leave the church. The reality, were they ever there? At what are we? We worship yoga and yoga more than we will in worship service. We listen. Well, I got to connect to the divine source. There's one form of yoga they threat. Um, there's so much here. Um, there's one form of yoga. Swami Param says this: Participants should be invited up front to come study Hinduism, which is what they're doing when learning Hatha or Hatha yoga. Hatha yoga, but spell check corrected this. It's not haha yoga, it's hatha yoga. There's a T in there. Look at this. Someone else said about yoga. Furthermore, as Christians, we're not called to escape conscious, consciousness of this world by achieving an elevated state of a consciousness. We are called to follow Christ in the way of faithfulness. The Dr. Douglas Grotheus professor of philosophy at Denver Seminary said, I don't think Christian yoga can exist. It's an oxymoron. If it's truly Christian, it can't truly be yoga. All forms of yoga involve occult assumptions, even hatha yoga, which is often presented as merely a physical di uh, discipline. What are we opening the door to? What do we, listen, what do we open the door to? You say, well, you know what? And, and, and I told you ahead of time. Some of you are going to be like, we're not going to like you. Well, that's fine. It doesn't matter if I'm right, and it doesn't matter if you're right. What I'm going to encourage you to do is to actually take a look at whether or not God says you should be doing that. Because who are you? The bride of? You're not my bride. And I have no reason to have an agenda against yoga. Do you really think I'm up here because I have some, ad some agenda against yoga? Like I'm trying to destroy the YMCA, and so I'm going to attack yoga. I'm not trying to do I have no motive in any of that. What I'm saying is, as your pastor, that's my motive. As believers in Christ, we have to begin recognizing the supernatural demonic activity that is all around us, looking for ways to get into our heart. How is he trying to get into your heart today? 